Hi, I'm Jay Frosting, and you're listening to Miss Gender. One of my closest friends is a woman named Ashley, but for the first nine years, I knew her by another gender. I'm still adjusting to this updated reality, but it's nothing compared to what she's going through. Over the course of the show, Ashley and I discuss her perspectives on being trans and her ups and downs as she transitions. Fortunately for all of us, Ashley is a person who, when interested in any topic, researches it for a long time and becomes an expert. Of course, it takes a lifetime for any of us to learn how to be the person we want to be, and that doesn't get any easier when you're trying to reboot your life partway through. We welcome your questions and comments on each episode at misgender.com, on Twitter at misgender, or you can email misgenderpodcast at gmail.com. You're listening to the audio version of this episode, but we also have a video version that you can watch or subscribe to by visiting misgender.com and finding this episode, Winter Family Time, which was published January 31st, 2012. Hi, how are you? Not too bad. How are you, Jay? Groovy, thank you. Awesome. It's been uh, a couple weeks since we've spoken. What's new? Uh, well, I, I visited my folks in, uh, oh, in yes. North Dakota. Solstice, yeah. Solstice Yuletide, winter family time. Yes, yes, sure, yeah. How'd it go? Uh, about the same as Thanksgiving, I guess. That doesn't bode well, given what I remember, because you encountered the Spanish Inquisition at Thanksgiving. Well, okay, so, excluding the Spanish Inquisition part. Okay. So they they still fucked up my pronouns and called me by the wrong name. Oh, they used the wrong pronouns. Oh, that part's a surprise? That part is a surprise. Uh, we've been focusing on the fact that they've been using your birth name solely. Yeah. I didn't realize they were stubbor- stubbornly calling you he and him. Yes, yeah. I guess they, as my mom put it at Thanksgiving, I, you, you will always be my son. I think she said and that hasn't made for any awkward conversation around people that are using the correct pronouns and name i think i'm i think i feel like i'm harping on this but no it just no, no. seems so inevitable when you've got i don't know upwards of eight people around a table only two of them are calling you one thing and using a different set of pronouns right so indeed on december 24th we went to uh some a relative's house for a meal and there were 12 i think 12 people there and they all got my name right and pronouns such and so on and so in fact there was a moment where um oh alka who is uh my uncle he he asked my my dad uh so when is uh ashley's flight back uh-huh. and my and my dad said oh uh birth name's flight back is on wednesday and, and Alka said, wait, wh- whose flight? Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- when's Ashley's flight back? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's got to be somewhere between frustrating and infuriating for your parents. For my uh, parents? Yeah, I'm not trying to get on their side. I'm just saying. Well, I, I don't really have much sympathy for yeah, yeah. their... So, yeah, I had dinner with various cousins and such on uh, that on the 24th. And it was really nice that they all got my name and pronouns right. And they actually had invited over two of their neighbors, hmm. uh, a couple who were in their 80s, I believe. But um, wow, but really, 
uh, husband and wife of Val and Eleanor. They're just people who are young at heart. They don't look like day over 60. I mean, oh, nice. full of life. Okay. Yeah. And I'm kind of hearing this secondhand. In fact, it was my dad who told me this anecdote. That apparently, when my Aunt Angelica was inviting over these neighbors for um, dinner on the 24th, she said, oh, and I'll be uh, having the family of my brother Raymond over, uh, which would be my dad and his wife Joan, and their son and daughter. Rock on. I was like, hooray! So, of course, when my dad was telling me this anecdote later, it was hard to get a read on him. Obviously, he was telling me for some for a reason, but I'm not sure yeah. if he found it weird. I mean, if he brought that up specifically, then I have to imagine it was in an attempt to make you feel comfortable. I doubt it. <laughs> I can't think of why I else mean, he'd my, bring it up. My dad is a very kind person sure. normally. Do you think he was trying I mean, to tell you a story it, about how he felt annoyed? It could have been that he felt annoyed. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Curious. or that he thought, hey, this is so weird, or I don't know. Mm. Of of my two cousins, this would be the sons of uh, Angie and Alka, uh, Ian and Guy. Mm. Guy is uh, maybe 25 or so, and he is a, a very, he's in, he's in pretty good shape. He's about my height or so, but uh, thinner than I am. And so I thought, Hey, that's close enough. Why don't I email him beforehand and ask him his neck size and and so on, so that I could give some clothes to him. Some of your old clothes or new clothes as a gift? Old clothes. Okay. Yeah. He he, being that he's cisgender, he would not have any use for my new clothes. I didn't mean your new clothes. I meant some new clothes. Oh, I see. Because <laughs> okay. you know. It's a gift-giving time of year. Right. Sure. Yes. Many people celebrate holidays around this time mm -hmm. of year. So I had, I had packed up, it was probably, I think, two sweaters and two dress shirts. And I told my mom under the guise of, uh, I'm not sure these fit me anymore. Uh, I was thinking I might give these to Guy. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, she would see me carrying them in to the, their house. You have a see-through suitcase? No, but... When we went to their house for dinner, oh, I see. You and I was carrying these clothes with make me. Make an extra effort to bring. I see. Right. Okay. So I told my mom, "Oh, these don't fit me anymore. I might just see if they fit Guy." And as Obi Wan would say, that's true from a certain point of view, since those shirts, certainly in you know in this area, don't fit me anymore. Yeah. Well, fit has more than one definition, anyway. Right, yeah, yeah. And so pleasantly, they did fit him. Oh, good. Which is great. I was pleased that they could go to good use. So that, that dinner went pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there was um, December 25th, for which my parents are Catholic, so they went to church that day. Okay. And about a week before my visit, I was talking to my dad over the phone, and he mentioned to me, well, if you uh, you don't have to come along to church with us if you don't believe it, as as an an allusion to my atheism. Right, that's generous. Yeah, and ordinarily that would be surprisingly tolerant. <laughs> but so he mentioned that, 
twice during that call, so it was more than offhandedly. It was as if he wanted to make sure I understood that. And then I think the day before, so on the afternoon of the 24th or something, he mentioned that again to me. Mm. Wait, what did you say the first time? Okay, thanks. I won't go. I couldn't quite remember what my response was at the time. Probably something like, oh, that's that's very accommodating. Mm. That's uh, very uh, open-minded of you, something along those lines. And I sort of put two and two together in the sense that I came out to my parents as atheist, as an atheist in 2008. So mm. about four years ago. Depends on what part of 2008. It was... Uh, it was the summer of 2008 for my dad, and I think it was mm -hmm. the winter before that, so like fall 2007 for my mom, I think. Wow. Wait, why what? What? Uh, what? Wait, I don't what? know. Maybe your family just has completely different expectations of communication, but, and I feel like I've said this before, but you'd have to assume that if you told your parent one thing, the other one would know pretty quickly thereafter. Well, this is probably neither here nor there, but I mean, just as sort of a reference point or whatever. Mm -hmm. So in 2004, during the presidential elections, uh -huh. my parents are staunch Republicans. Sure. And I decided that I would write them a letter urging them not to vote for Bush in mm -hmm. 2004. I think I remember that. Yeah. And my dad, he's... He's very much a fiscal conservative, and he's also a social conservative, which mm, is kind of a bummer. Sounds but, that way. Um, but I knew that he and I had common ground on civil liberties. So mm. I wrote the letter in the context of the Patriot Act and a lot of the stupid shit that's in there. So I, I sent this to my parents, you know, a, a real snail mail paper mm -hmm. letter. Later on, I talked to my mom about it when I was visiting, and... I said, do you get that letter that I had sent? Because normally I would at least expect my dad to mention it okay. because he hadn't said anything about it. Mm -hmm. Either to say, oh, I received your letter or whatever. Mm -hmm. And my, I think I had addressed it to both my parents. So Okay, I was going to ask. Uh, yeah. And so I guess my mom opened it or whatever, and she said, oh, yeah, I read that. I didn't really share that with your father. He didn't. He would probably not take it very well or something. Okay. Now I have a better understanding of how your parents act. Right. Right. So back up to present day, then, as far as, uh, well, I, I've been out as an atheist, my parents, for four years, give or take. Mm -hmm. And this was the first that they had given me this, they'd offered this, which was quite an accommodating thing for guests, but... In previous years, did they intimidate you into going, then, on the 25th to church? Or did you not go and it was uncomfortable? They basically would insist that I go and mm -hmm. so on. Yeah. And as a once in a year thing, if yeah. that's what makes my parents happy, I mean, they're worse things in life. Understood. It wasn't a great burden for me to, to go with them. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, given the choice, okay, yeah, sure, I'll just sleep in a little. Why not? Mm -hmm. But what I came to kind of realize, though, is that... My dad, he's, hmm, he is the type of person that uh, when exiting the church and the, the priest or deacon is standing near the doorway and shaking hands, my dad will usually shake his hand and 
sort of say, how are you, father, so-and-so. Okay. And so they probably, I don't know if they're on a first-name basis, but they probably at least recognize each other. How often do they the, go? They probably, uh, every fortnight, give or take. Okay. They know people at church. Yeah. Yeah. So what is ostensibly a tolerant gesture to say, you can go with us or not go with us to church. I kind of realized that they were probably suggesting this now because they were embarrassed to be seen with me. I think your assumption is probably fair. I don't know if it's correct. I mean, I don't right, I just don't yeah. know them very well, but I can't say that you're being ridiculous in, in thinking that that's the yeah. case. What about maybe think it was sort of the combination of having come out to them years ago and this is the first day they suggested it. And right. as well that my dad basically mentioned three times offhandedly about, yeah. hey, you don't have to go if you don't believe in it, you know, as if, yeah. So my my parents would continuously call me by the wrong name and the wrong pronouns. And it was really hard to, to, to deal with. I mean, it, it was... Um, yeah, and I feel like an idiot for not asking earlier whether they were using the correct pronouns because I I don't think I was ignoring things that you were saying, but uh, it seemed like a fair assumption to think that since they saw you wearing women's clothing and having curvy bits that they were really just stuck on the first name thing. Well, the first name thing they were stuck on because of the family significance or whatever, and then... Yeah, yeah. They just seem to think that they can will this out of me or something mm. that if they if they don't give in then they I don't know. But yeah, and so they would call me by the wrong name and the wrong pronouns, and it was only really on the flight back and when I was waiting at the baggage carousel back here in Dallas mm. that I came to realize it was just it was just wearing on me. Uh, yeah, stress has literal effects on the human body. Right. But I was as I was on the flight back, I was thinking to myself, I knew how I felt inside, but I was trying to think of how I could put into words because I knew we'd be talking on the show about some of this. And I was thinking, how could I explain this kind of thing to someone who was cisgender? Because mm -hmm. most people might, I mean, for, for you, you've been a, a totally awesome ally. And so... You might be able Thanks. to inherently re relate. Yeah. Maybe. If supposing you knew someone who was in an abusive marriage. Yeah. And after a while, they were finally able to get a divorce from their spouse. And if supposing that uh, while they were married, they had taken their spouse's last name. Mm -hmm. But then after the marriage, as you might expect, certainly given the circumstances... Uh, that person may go back to yeah. their uh, given uh, last name. Mm -hmm. So it would be one thing if uh, supposing someone was married for many years and people were used to this person's new last name, people may slip up now and then. And I would imagine that if someone said, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I got that wrong, that, mm -hmm. that you could, you could uh, forgive that kind of thing. But if supposing someone consistently and repeatedly used the name of uh, your your old last name during the abusive marriage, it would just be really 
that'd be a really hurtful thing to do. I mean, I don't know if the, the analogy holds as much. I think it probably does. It, it's got to be statistically less frequent that people use someone's last name anyway. So it's not going to happen as often. I guess the, the, the hardest part with respect to the name thing, I mean, like, like all families, we have sort of good-natured ribbing and so on among each other. Okay. And so just to give an example, using my name as it, as it is currently, um, after dinner, for instance, supposing my dad were to say, well, you couldn't possibly fit in a piece of chocolate cake, could you, Ashley? Uh -huh. And I would say, oh, I guess I could fit in a, a piece, you know, just kind of kidding around as, as families do. And so when instead my dad says, oh, you couldn't possibly have a fit in a piece of chocolate cake, could you birth name? Mm -hmm. Then the, the good-natured ribbing typically traditionally has a good-natured re reply and retort. I'm just like, uh, uh -huh. yeah, oh, yeah, I could... Sure. And it's just... Instead it, of looking around and be like, who are you talking to? Which would be the totally understandable, but maybe passive-aggressive alternate response. Well, it's 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 that feeling like... Um, or it's just a hypothetical thing, but you can imagine that if you were feeling, you know, run down and kind of sick, but you had this job interview that you, you couldn't pass up, you had to go to it, and you had to appear cheerful and helpful. Mm -hmm. You could sort of imagine that it could be kind of trying to put on the happy face, as it were, yeah. when you're feeling kind of rubbish. But that's that, that's what it was like, though, with my with these kind of back and forth things. And yeah. so I tell people about this, and people will almost always say something like, "Oh, just give them time," mm -hmm. and I think that's a kind-hearted re reply or what have you, and and I'll usually reply saying something like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, they just maybe they just need some time." But in all honesty, that's s sort of a lie on my part, maybe a white lie. In that, mm. I mean, statistically, it's likely that over time they may improve, but given their current demeanor, I just, yeah. I really, I'm not even seeing the light of the tunnel. It's just. I'm just really trying to figure out what I can do to help them get there. I wish I could encourage you and tell you that they probably just need some more time also, but I honestly have no idea. Right. I mean, some people never learn. And I've lived long enough to know that you can't change a person's mind about something. You can't force someone to change their mind because right. cognitive distance will get in the way. If not other things, yeah. Right, sure. In my experience, the best you can do is be there with detailed information when they seem open to changing their mind. Right. Yeah. Like, I could never convince your father that supply-side economics is a crock of bullshit. Right. Even though I, quote-unquote, know that it is, uh, the fact of the matter is that national economics are ridiculously complicated. Um Right, he, sure. He can't he can't prove that it works and I can't prove to him that it doesn't work. Sure. Sure, sure. I guess sort of the the other weird thing in all this is that my dad in other respects is is a fairly tolerant person. Mhm. Mm that he likes telling a story of for instance um I think it was back in college where 
he had several Jewish friends or knew several Jewish people. And he would go to various like weddings and other uh, significant ceremonies that sure. they would have that he would be invited to. And so my dad uh, bought his own yarmulke so that nice. he could show respect and wear that as appropriate to various Jewish events and, and ceremonies. Which I think is a, a really kind way to, to do things. To yeah, accommodate. that's above and beyond. Yeah. To Especially kind of, since I think they'll give you one if you just show up and you right. don't have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's a kind of thing where it really shows that he, he has this ability to have respect for other cultures and so on. But in this case, I don't know. It, it, I, he's culture open-minded and religion open-minded and sexuality open-minded you've got that gay openly gay cousin maybe he's just not gender open-minded well the thing is my dad it's quite possible he may still think that my gay cousin is making a choice but that oh he's forgot about that yeah yeah right so there was there was no spanish inquisition over winter okay. family time you didn't feel tempted or obligated to bring any masculine outfits, did you? No. Okay. I brought none. Not at all. Then what happened? Well, there was no Spanish Inquisition or what have you. Mm. Um, there was a, a small conversation I had with my mom while she and I were making sandwiches just one afternoon. So we're both in the kitchen and my dad was somewhere else. Mm. So there was the usual parts about, I don't see what the benefit is to you, and mm -hmm. and at one point she told me that, quote, you look like a man in a dress to me. That's got a sting. Yeah, I wanted to cry. So the closest I could come to that, I mean, I only thought this later as a response, but... um. Say I was learning how to play the trumpet. And at the beginning, maybe I wouldn't be very good at it, but I'd be making progress and getting better. But my mom wouldn't say to me, oh, you sound like a wounded goose. She wouldn't? Some people would. Some people would, but that would be a very unkind thing to say to someone yeah. who's trying to learn how to play a trumpet. Sure would. You might say, oh, I can see you're getting better or making making progress or, or whatever. I mean, even if you thought that someone didn't play very well, mm -hmm. you don't just put someone down like that. Not if you're friendly. Right, yeah. So, yeah, that really hurt, yeah. So, you remember Felicia, my gender therapist from mm -hmm. a couple episodes back, and one thing she mentioned as a possibility around this kind of thing is that I could potentially stop responding to my birth name mm -hmm. although i have to wonder if that would do more harm than good yeah like like i mentioned earlier it could easily be interpreted as passive aggressive right yeah and maybe officially it is i don't i don't know it may right. not be worth deciding but uh i would seriously consider it if i were in your position yeah it may be something where i leave myself that option mm -hmm. down the road but I, just as sort of a general rule, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And that goes to my parents, that goes to my parents as well. Sure. And so 
if it's possible they may come around on their own, that would be great. And... I guess you have to decide how long you're willing to wait. Yeah, I don't know. It is tough, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the I'm other sorry. thing is that... Well, thank you. I hug you from afar. Yay! Hugs! <sighs> yeah! So, my my parents, the past couple of years, have visited me in the fall, in September or October. So it's occurred to me that... Especially if I see a speech therapist and get my voice a little better and, of course, my hair will grow out and so on. Mm -hmm. It may well be possible that by nine, ten months from now that I may be able to pass even more of the time. Yeah. And so I I can't help but wonder, even at this point, if if my parents visit and if I take them out to a restaurant, will they out me as soon as they start talking how would they do that things like it when when the wine comes if if we order wine and uh my mom or my dad may taste the wine and then my dad may something like say something like uh oh and he would also like a glass or or something so that's yeah what would you do if that happened i have the choice i suppose that i could either take go out to eat with them or i could make dinner at home the tough part is deciding sort of ahead of time what to do just since it it's a matter of trying to guess how things would go if we would go out and then acting accordingly beforehand but yeah and if i remember right you talk to your parents on the phone maybe every other week or so and so you'll have 20 conversations between now and then right which might help you decide better. That's true. Yeah. 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 Or alternately, each of those conversations could make you more and more frustrated. Maybe. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing they're not the only two people in your life. That sounded more flippant than I meant it to. No, I I know what you meant. I know what mm-hmm. you meant. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, it's... Especially those first few days when I was home, it was it was even more weird when they would call me by the wrong name. Yeah. Just since I am full time and and in Dallas I'm out to effectively everyone. Right. So no one has called me by my birth name in months. Yeah. I'm just I'm just not even used to responding to it anymore. So that was especially weird, but a while ago, when you were talking with your dad about coming out at work, he said something along the lines of, well, if it comes time to lay people off, you'll be the first to go. Right. And then not too long thereafter, you were laid off. Yeah. yeah. Although, as far as I know, it wasn't, uh, you weren't the first to go among a group of people. You were the only one let go. No, because that, that, you, you were the only person on your UX team and, and they decided they couldn't afford a UX team anymore. Right. Well, they didn't go into specifics. It seems that they need to cut costs, and it was not conveyed to me the manner in which they decided that I was... Oh, okay. Yeah. So, how did it go telling your parents that you got laid off? They were actually quite sympathetic. Hmm. And I I was actually kind of concerned making that call to my dad, just because he could have been like, oh, I told you so. And right. 
But no, he was he was very nice about it. And okay. uh, so, yeah, I give him credit for that. Yeah. Surprising. All right, nice. nice. But one thing that my, my dad did mention, this was uh, over the visit recently, is uh, we were talking about interviewing and all that kind of thing. And my, my dad made a point to say, oh, and don't give them any of those HRC documents. That's just too abrasive. Or abrasive. something, something. Okay. And I mentioned, well, no, I don't have no need to do that because I've already transitioned. Right. Oh, yeah. Good he point. said, but just don't, don't give them it. Don't, don't bother with those HRC documents. I said, no, I don't, I don't, I don't need to do that because I've already completed my transition. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think maybe he didn't understand what I meant because, oh. or maybe th there seems to be some gap there because the, the documents are around, you need to change so-and-so's email address. You need to make right. sure they have a new uh, employee profile thing or, you know, just all the checklist kind of things about going through someone's transition. But of course, okay. that's now moot for me because I'm... There is something to be said for the official paperwork stuff, if only because they might they might derive your email address by looking at your driver's license. I... Because you know they're going to make a photocopy of that when you get hired somewhere. Right. But typically I've found that the whole driver's license thing only happens on the first day okay and typically they've already set those up by the time you start all right that I email hope, address and so on i hope that turns out to be the case yeah i'm i'm actually quite optimistic as far as that is concerned but yeah i mean so i have no need for those and my my dad read the documents because I, I had a set a spare set that i let him gave to him so he could read over them so he read through them but he seems not to understand that I'm not going to go back to being in drag again and do this all over again. Have you used the phrase full-time around him? I don't know. Okay. That might help hammer that it might home. help, yeah. I'm, I'm full-time now. Right. That could be good, yeah. Like, supposing his computer had uh, a problem with Microsoft Excel or something. Okay. And because I'm the computer person in the family my oh, dad are you? okay well they think that like oh you work with computers at your job oh you must be in it and right you know, i got this virus fix it right yeah so and i'm happy to help uh at the same time my dad he he tries to learn about things mm -hmm. that i talked about computer stuff and so and certainly with uh debugging but with respect to me being trans, I just want to ask him, what is in your head? Or, mm -hmm. I mean, not in those words, but what what did you think I was trying to convey there? Because there's, there's always some, some gap between reality and what my dad is thinking. Have you tried to get him to watch any documentaries or even fictionalized accounts of transition that you think are do a pretty good job of illustrating the reality of the situation and maybe help fill in that, those gaps that way? I don't know if there are any. Uh, I mean, there's, for instance, uh, Becoming Chaz. You may have heard of that one. No. About Chaz Bono? I've heard Transman. of Chaz Bono. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But my dad doesn't really watch television. I mean, he'll he'll watch maybe some sporting events now and again. Huh. But he doesn't really 
It's not really his thing, I guess. Well, he may sit down and watch something if you ask him nicely to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the other hand, I have also given my parents a couple books on the topic, although mm. I'm pretty sure those are either in the rubbish or just sitting on the shelf on right. Yeah, movies take less time than a book. Right, yeah. That's true. That's true, yeah. Uh, one of the things I try to do when I was with my parents is... Uh, are you familiar with the television trope of petting the dog? Is it like saving the cat? Um... Yes, it is a synonym for saving the cat. It says, this term was coined by cynical screenwriters, basically meaning, show the nasty old crank petting a dog, and you show the audience, aw, shucks, he's all right after all. Okay, that's not really a synonym of saving the cat, but yeah. Yeah, and it goes on to say that, this is often used to demonstrate that a jerk ass is really a jerk with a heart of gold, or, if more limited, that the character is goal-oriented rather than sadistic. Okay. Of course, it was coined in the sense that you may have some sort of villain person or someone who seems like a villain, but then they pet a dog. It's like, oh, he's all right. Or she. Let's see. Oh, it says uh, Captain Von Trapp has many of these moments in The Sound of Music, but most notable is his sudden affection to his children when he returns home, finds yeah. his children singing, and suddenly sings with them and then to them. In, in the sense, as it pertains to me, I suppose, I... Try to just kind of help out around the house, maybe more so than I would otherwise, to uh, kind of reinforce my parents that I'm still the the same loving daughter they've had, and I'm just trying to really maintain a good, friendly rapport and all that. Yeah, yeah. How is the job hunt going? And did your uh, plan to pre-announce your trans status? To lampshade uh, it? To lampshade it. Did that pan out the way that you planned? I did have a preliminary call with uh, a company in the area the other day. Okay, good. And it was for a contract to hire position, which is still pretty good. And so I had this preliminary call with sort of the two founding people. Hmm, okay. And toward the end of the call, I did mention... Um, Something along the lines of, although my voice may belie this, I am also transgender, by the way, um, if that makes any difference. Okay. And so what the response was, uh, something like, no, doesn't make any difference. That's, that's right. no problem at all. And did you worry at all that they misunderstood the word, as so many people in your life have? No, no, I didn't worry. Okay, good. Because people under 50... Usually, at least understand what the word means. All right. And from what I could tell, these guys seem to be in their forties or so. I was just kind of a guess. Mm. And so, of course, it's it's one thing to hear that over the phone, but then yeah. if I never heard from them again, that would kind of be a bad sign. Mm. But actually, I'm having lunch with one of the company people on Tuesday. Super. Yeah. So that. It was kind of nerve-wracking to me because at the, as part of this preliminary call, he said, well, uh, why don't you give me a call next week and we can have lunch or get coffee or something. And so on uh, about three or four days ago, I had emailed him saying, hey, do you want to get coffee on such and such time or mm. whatever? And I hadn't heard from him for a couple of days. So I was thinking, well, has he decided to just give up on me? But 
But no, no, he he did reply. I was just, I, I guess, impatient, and so, yeah. I forgive you. <laughs> so yeah, it it seems to be going okay so far, and Good. yeah. Well, let's pretend we have some extra time. Yeah. Is there anything ladylike you'd like to teach me? Why, yes, there is, Jay. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So okay, I got two jobbies. Two jobbies. I know two jobbies. So you may remember the, these guys. These are from, <laughs> okay, I don't know if I ever talked about this one, but you probably remember this one. So you... yeah, the, the, the color looks familiar. <laughs> it's, it's, um, this is Two-Face, spelled. Shadow insurance. Yeah, yes, yeah. awesome. I, I'm totally impressed, Jay. <laughs> well, we spend a lot of time editing things. You hear them four or five times. And oh, right, yeah. But that was, this is like episode two or something. So that was like a long time ago. But anyway, okay, do you know what this is? Shadow insurance. Well, it's got to do something to do with your eyes. Uh-huh. And it's... But it's not eyeshadow. So oh, it's an eyeshadow primer. Yes! That's <laughs> Nice going! Yay! <laughs> yeah, okay. So that's correct. So this is an eyeshadow primer. Mm. And just to kind of briefly recap... What you would use eyeshadow primer for is to put on uh, first on your eyelid before you put on your eyeshadow so that your eyeshadow itself doesn't fall into the creases in your eyelid mm -hmm. and so that the color remains truer longer. Right. So this is a great product. Very happy with it. And this Kajami is uh, also from Too Faced. This is their concealer, mm. which actually as a concealer, it's... It's fine. I mean, I'm. I didn't bring it up previously, just okay. since it. I usually like to talk about products that I recommend or sure. what have you. And this one is not bad, but it's not awesome. But anyway, what I wanted to mention though is that if you run out of eyeshadow primer, or maybe if you just don't have any, you mm -hmm. can use concealer as a shoe in. Is that the right term for eyeshadow primer? Substitute. Substitute. There's some phrase I'm, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I, I'm sure there is. Yeah. But, uh, and uh, concealer is not, obviously not the same thing as eyeshadow primer, but in a pinch, it can work. So, okay. yeah. Without any negative side effects. Well, given that it's not the exact purpose for which it was designed, your eyeshadow might not be quite as true to color or last quite as long, but it'll still do a pretty good job. And so if maybe... It seemed like an awfully small tube for concealer. Was that like an ounce and a half? Oh God, no. This is eight milliliters, mm. which is 0.27 fluid ounces. Oof, all right. And this is like 30 bucks, but I know. Cosmetics... I guess you, I guess you learn how to make that last. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, likewise, the Too Faced Shadow Insurance, this is 0.35 fluid ounces. No, this one is actually measured in weight. This one's 0.35 weight ounces. Mm, okay, I don't know what that is. Which is 11 grams. It's 100 cubic liters high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it's not a, it's not a large tube, but I mean, this one has lasted me many, many months. But okay. having said all that, maybe if you're... A college student or yeah. and you don't really have the finances for eyeshadow primer if you have concealer anyway you can use that 
It's sort of a pinch. Okay. Well, as a college student, I didn't have the finances for a Taco Bell. I wouldn't even imagine trying to have a makeup routine. Um, but right. And also, you don't use the same routine every day. Are some days more formal than others? Uh, well, it's sort of a cumulative thing. So, for example, I will always do my eyeshadow, eyeliner, foundation, other bits. Okay. But um, my waterline, for example, is something that I may do if I'm going out in the evening, but I mm. would typically not do that for daytime. Okay. Um, there are various other sort of bits there. So it's more of a cumulative thing of how many steps I go through, but yeah. Right. The extra special awesome time-lapse video that you did of your makeup routine in the morning of your transition date yeah. at work, that was the whole shebang, That's right? Except it. for the fact that the, that the battery died before you could do your lipstick. Right, yeah. What percentage of that would you say is normal for uh, an average day? Say that you, <laughs> a day where you have a job to go to. <laughs> Sorry. How much of that is normal? Maybe uh, 70, 75%. Okay, that's much higher than I would have thought. Really? Yeah, I I don't know. Because Maybe I've just known particularly unambitious women when it comes to makeup. Keep in mind that I've been doing makeup for a while, but it's mm -hmm. only since I've been full-time that I've been doing it every day. And okay. so I'm pretty good at it now. I'm, I'm much faster than at the time I made the video. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's not to say that other women you've known have been necessarily unambitious, but perhaps All right. they've been doing it since they were 11 uh -huh. and have become pretty quick at it. And also the thing I keep needing to remind myself is that you are maybe making an extra effort because you feel like you have to in order to pass. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Plus, I'm only like 13 in girl years, so... What? You seem totally... Bemused. I don't... Um, just to clarify, does that mean you felt like a girl for 13 years? Or you feel like you have the knowledge of a 13-year-old girl when it comes to feminine topics? Uh, well, from a adolescent's point of view, I sort of can relate to that. Hmm. And certainly as far as how long I've been getting to makeup and practicing that. And as well from... Just okay. the perspective of learning various customs around fashion and clothes and that okay. kind of thing. Okay, so you're saying starting with the assumption that uh, a girl will start this sort of thing when she's 11, you've had roughly two take. years of practice. I see. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't right. ever sure what you meant when you said I'm 13 in girl years. Yeah, right. So, which of course is one of the reasons why I went to get makeup lessons back in those months prior, since... Society has certain leniency around, say, a 12-year-old girl that, okay, if she's not that good at her makeup, well, that's okay. She's kind of just starting out. Mm. But if a 34-year-old girl is bad at her makeup, then they're like, oh, what's wrong with her, you know, or mm. whatever. So I had to kind of had some catching up to do. Was there a second job that you wanted to show me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this guy. Yep. Yep. So this is called uh, Nail Teaks Nail Protein. And this is sort of a base coat slash nail. What was the first word or two words? Nail Teaks? That is the is that a brand name? That is a brand. So it's okay. Nail, N-A-I-L, 
T-I-Q-U-E-S. Okay. And it's called Nail Protein Formula 2. Is this a top coat or a base coat? This is a base coat. thing. Okay. Yes. It, by the way, Jay, it, it totally effusively warms my heart that you can infer that this is either a top coat or base coat. Well, sure. For someone studying. who has never painted his or her nails, I find that I wouldn't totally... say never, but I didn't ever use a base coat. Well, That's right. For sure. You were kind of a Luddite in previous times. With respect to Nafaj, is, is, that, is that insulting? <laughs> yeah, a Luddite is somebody who refuses to learn. Okay. I was just ignorant. Okay. Well, I apologize in that case. That's all right. Okay. So what the little description on the back says, for soft, peeling, weak, or thin nails. So what this is meant for is basically nails that are not in such good shape, and you can paint this on as a base coat. And what okay. you're supposed to do is paint this on, I think, every day for a period of, well, until it gets better, I guess. Mm. But you're supposed to not have your nails painted during that time period. You never you never don't have your nails painted. Well, yeah, so I'm sort of bending the rules here. <laughs> I see. Because my nails, um, well, on my right hand, anyhow, they these were kind of kind of coming off in layers like how mm. how shale does if you, if you know what i mean i can imagine right and so that's not a good thing and so my guess was that being that it was my right hand and my index and middle fingers primarily it was either from typing or just banging into things keys what mm. have you so i picked up some of this at, on the advice of some people at the store and um it does seem to be helping it probably would work even better if i used it as you're supposed to <laughs> okay but uh i'm too vain to not have my nails painted. Yeah. how can you tell that it's working the the chipping nails thing is not as bad okay and my nails are lasting longer i mean okay this is not such the a great color ex- you mean yeah the okay. yes the color this color is not such a great example just mm-hmm. since it well, I painted these last night, or, yeah, last night. So, uh, the fact that they're not really chipped is not a surprise. But mm-hmm. um, I did paint my nails before going to visit my parents, and that lasted through most of my visit. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. So Thanks for that. Right. So, if you have nails that are not in good shape, this could be worth a shot. Yeah. Sweet. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Well, thanks for everything, Ashley. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jay. Good. Yeah. Let's talk again soon. Yeah, let's do that. Yay. Good night for now. Bye.